When it comes to commercial snow removal, which is better, self-performing or working with trade partners? If you go the trade partner route, how do you recruit new subcontractors to your company when nearly everyone with that business model is trying to find them? Check out today's episode to hear directly from the co-founder of a now $25 million commercial snow and landscape company about how they've grown and an interesting mindset around competition that he believes has been a key to his success. We weren't getting the leads that I knew we could. We weren't getting the right leads. What started happening is that our, our leads are more qualified. Our sales have probably gone up by about 10 to 15% a year. We're going to increase our sales volume by a million dollars in a year. Hey everyone, Jack Joss is here and welcome to the Landscaper's Guide. This show is all about helping the snow and landscape industry grow through sales, marketing, and leadership ideas. Today I'm excited to interview Rafael Diaz from the Diaz Group, LLC. He has a lot of interesting ideas about how to use Instagram to recruit subcontractors. He's got a remote office in Mexico that some of his competitors even hire. It's really fascinating. So whether you're in the self-performing camp or the um, trade partner camp, check out today's interview to just hear some interesting business ideas. Also, watch to the end to see what Raphael said was a million-dollar commercial landscape marketing idea that I gave him. And I'll give you a hint. It's about getting reviews. And speaking of reviews, if you're getting value from the Landscaper's Guide, be sure to leave a review wherever you're listening to this or like the video on YouTube if you're watching it there. It helps more people discover the show. And make sure you subscribe at landscapersguide.com slash podcast so you never miss an episode. And with that, let's get into today's conversation. All right, everyone, welcome to the Landscaper's Guide. Today, I'm excited to interview Rafael Diaz, who is the president and one of three founders of Diaz Group LLC. He has over 20 years of experience in the landscape industry and helped build the company from a, a four-person operation to a $25 million business. Um, and none of that happened by accident. He's made some, some key decisions that we're going to talk about today. One of them was around employee company-wide training and education to really help everyone in the company move the company forward. And um, Rafael, thanks so much for coming on the show. What else should we know about you that I didn't already mention? Well, thank you so much, Jack, and I'm glad to be here. I'm super excited. So, uh, no, I'm a, I'm a born and raised a Chicagoan from the north side of Chicago. I, I grew up working with my dad and his his brothers. Uh, they had a they have a landscape company actually. Uh, it's called Diaz Brothers. So, uh, worked with them every summer, every weekend since I was seven. So, I actually tell people I have uh, 33 years of experience because I'm 40 now. But I usually keep it at 20. They believe me more 20. Okay. <laughs> so so since seven years old, just working with my dad, learning the industry, um, kind of understanding the, the, the business, the concepts, understanding how different businesses work. Uh, went to college to study horticulture, to a community college in, in Juliet Junior, in Juliet. And uh, kind of introduced me to the large, they, they kind of used to take us to these large uh, field trips to these operations and these big companies. And every time I went to them, I just kind of dreamed about how are we gonna build a, a big company with my, with my family, with my dad and my brother. So eventually we did, eventually we did. So I come from a 
humble beginnings, working hard, mowing lawns, uh, trimming shrubs, cultivating, anything anything you, you have out there, uh, I know it. And then it kind of got the theory behind it, going to college and studying horticulture and landscape, landscape degree. And then kind of just uh, built our way up through just learning, always learning, just becoming students and, and try to have that learning mentality, learning from everyone. Yeah, the student mindset, I agree. So one of our one of our core values at Ramblin' Jackson is grow or die. And so we're always learning and um, there's there's so much to learn about business and landscaping and plants and then how to manage people to do all of that is one of the things that I think is so interesting about the snow and landscape industry. It is. It's more, if you really think about it, we're uh, managing people all day is what we do. No matter if you have four employees or 400 employees or 4,000 employees, or just managing people, working with them and, and kind of guiding them into the right path. And so you you are servicing not only Chicagoland, but also parts of Indiana, Wisconsin, and Michigan. So how many yards do you have between all of those states? So the funny part is in Chicago, we have about four because our, mm -hmm. most of our work that we self-perform mm -hmm. is in Chicago. So a lot of our footprint is, is kind of uh, helped out by different vendors vendor partners, we call them, which are subcontractors and most people call them too. But uh, we have uh, different uh, different satellites in one in Wisconsin, one in Indiana, and one in Michigan, small small operations. Before we started recording, you, you shared that you self-perform only about 25% of your work and, and you subcontract 75% of it. Uh, how did you arrive at that? I mean, did you... Did you start out self-performing all of it and shift to this model, or how did you end up at, you know, seventy-five percent out, so outsourced? It's, it's, it's funny you say that. So when we started the business, it was me and my brother. I was twenty-one and my brother was nineteen, and we started just snowplowing. That was our only work. We worked for my dad during the day, and then in the winter, we will be we'll have our own small accounts. But we didn't have enough money to buy more equipment to service bigger contracts. Mm -hmm. So what we will do is we'll just kind of contact the family members, uh, the friends, uh, whoever we found that wanted to kind of team up with us in a contract and we'll split the revenue, whatever we had to. And we kind of figure that they needed the work. We needed the help. The customer mm -hmm. needed the service. So if we could figure out how to work together, then we could kind of, uh, we could have a, a good product. It's a good, it's a win-win. So we started like that, but then over the years, we just started kind of figuring out how, it's hard to, to compete with the bigger companies if you go out and invest all this money and all this equipment, especially when it comes to snow. It's just too mm -hmm. much iron. I mean, it's too much investment, too much, uh, too much liability on people's uh, P&Ls. And if people already have it and they're having a hard time finding these customers, then why can't we be that? Why can't we team up and, and do these projects together as a, as a big team? And that's kind of our model we followed since, since day one. So we've been in business for 15 years and this is probably the second year we already started having our first, uh, we call them vendor partners. That was kind of our, it's always been a vendor partner for us. And we figured out how to work with them in a way that we're a resource. We're a resource for the, for the contractor. We're not only a GC, we're a broker, we're a resource. If they need a um, buying power for de-icers, we help them. We give them our big, our, our discounts that we get from the companies. If our equipment we get at our, at our discounts on, on fleet prices, we also pass along those those prices to our vendors. 
So kind of just becoming that that one as as a team, and be able to compete with the with the big guys. So how you know? Let's pretend that you're selling a commercial snow account, and they're interviewing you, and they're interviewing a self-performing company. Why why would they choose you? And do you, are you honest with them? Are you transparent about hey, we use um, trade partners for this, or how do you how do you approach that from a sales standpoint? So our model is pretty simple. We tell our customers all the time, and our customers are mostly big box stores, uh, Joe Alasco, uh, Targets. That's kind of the customer that we we're pretty much closing. So they know that anybody that services them is not going to be self performing. I mean, it's it's going to be they're going to have to need a they need to outsource to other companies that could reach those properties where where they need to. But we just kind of explain to them that we are going to be that we are twenty five percent self perform and that we are 75% outsourced, but we kind of tell them our model, how we work with them and the communication we have with our vendors and how we help them be successful to take care of their accounts. And honestly, our customers say, you know what, as long as our snow is taken care of the way it needs to, we're fine with it. But the one responsible for the job at the end of the day is DS Group. So they, they're okay with it. Do you ever, do you ever find that some people see it as a disadvantage or they're not comfortable with it? They are, and it's okay. We say, you know what? Then we're probably not the, not the company for you. Uh, and I'm sure there's other companies that claim they're 100% self-perform, the bigger ones. But I don't believe it. It's hard, especially when you're in different regions. But uh, it's okay uh, if it's if it's not, if it doesn't make the customer comfortable, then it's it's correct to go find another, a, con- a con- contractor that's going to give them what they need. But for us, we give them uh, our guarantee on a lot of firepower because we have a lot of uh, teams that could work at any property. Plus, we have our own equipment that could be there in an hour's notice, too. So 25% of $25 million is a lot of, it's still a big operation. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. So so with that, you know, when there's a snow event, if you're working with these subcontractors, aren't they subbing for other snow companies as well? And when there's a big snow event, how are you able to, how do you prioritize or how to, more importantly, how does your sub prioritize who they're going to go and do the work for first? And that's a part of the fact that you have to be their partner. If they're working for another big or regional or a nationwide company, uh, you got to have to take care of them. It's like an employee. You have to take care of them the best way you can. Paying them on time. If you're able to pay them faster, pay them faster. If you're able to help them with their materials, help them with your materials. If you can help them with the equipment, help them with the equipment. And that puts you on the top of their priority. And usually most of our vendors work, I'm going to say probably 80% for us. We, we try to keep them because our motto is when we want to make them grow. That's, that's our motto. Even our, even our big uh, 10-year BHAG is to, to have 100 companies that generate a million dollars of uh, work for us. That's our BHAG. For us, that's kind of like, okay, once we reach that limit, we're going to be at 100 million plus. But it's based on growing these companies to a million dollars. I love it. I love it. A hundred million. So what, what's your, um, your timeline for getting there? How, how long do you, how long is it going to take to get to a hundred million? You know what? And with our model, I, I, we, it's a 10 year, it was a 10 year BHAG in 2020, but Uh I think we're going to get there sooner. I believe so. It's a, we, we've kind of grown most of our company. It's, it's, it's kind of set for, for scalability. Everything we do is based on scalability. 
Hey, I hope you're enjoying this conversation with Raphael. And I want to invite you to join me on Thursday, March 9th at Win the Spring. It's our half day virtual workshop where we're going to share with you proven strategies to shorten your sales process, help you automate your sales process so you're closing deals faster and freeing up time for your office staff. The second thing we're going to help you with is increasing communication with your employees to improve your retention talking with your people more often, finding out how they're doing. We're gonna share with you ways to do that even if you have an enormous team of over 100 people. And we're gonna share new technology, new ways of procuring plant materials. So check it out at winthespring.com and I hope to see you there. So, so many of our listeners and many, many of my clients work with trade partners for, for snow how do you, so I, I love what you're saying. Once you have them, you're, you're treating them almost like employees. You're thinking of ways to make their life easier, make their business easier. So they are prioritizing you. How are you finding them? What are you doing to recruit them and establish new relationships with them? So one of our biggest tools is social media. Uh, our Instagram is all designed to attract vendor partners. I mean, everything we do is, if you see our content, everything's about the machines we buy, about the partnerships we have with the with the suppliers, about the the way we we work with other companies. So everything is kind of to create this, uh, so people could see what's really going on in our company and say, you know what, I think I want to go work with them. It seems like it's cool, like we could be partners and do something with it. So most of our vendor partners sign up through Instagram or or Facebook, to be honest with you. So our yeah. our face yeah. our Facebook and Instagram are more designed towards the the employee and the, and the vendor to attract them. I'm so glad that you said that because I, I really believe that recruiting is a marketing activity and social media is a yeah. key way to do that. Of showing people your culture, you could repurpose this interview into your social media, things like that. And people are like, Oh, interesting. You know, Raphael, I want to go talk to him. Um, so, so, and, and snow removal is cool, right? It's, it's yeah. a, it, it can be done really well on, on social media. So right now, tell us, you know, where in the world are you doing this interview from? And, and tell us a little bit about your operation down there. Oh, my God. So I'm in Mexico. I'm in a, in a small town. Oh, actually, a city called Durango uh, from the state of Durango, Durango City, which is the capital of the state. And um, growing our business, we had a little bit of a challenge because we didn't have enough time to measure and do the takeoffs for all the proposals we were sending out. We wanted to experience a high growth spurt, but uh, we wanted to do it smartly. So we wanted mm -hmm. to have the right measurements, the right information for every customer. But it was becoming too time consuming and too costly to do it in, in the States, in Chicago. So one day we had this crazy idea. My business partner, my brother, Ruben, and myself have always been this kind of outside, outside, the, box, outside the box thinkers. So we're thinking one day we're like, what if we could, uh, hire people from Mexico and they could work from their laptops and measure the properties for us using either Google Earth or uh, Go Island, whatever we could use, right? We could just get, we could just give them the screen name and they could do it from their homes. But then we kind of started thinking like, well, why don't we do this? Why don't we see if we could start an office there and hire some people and see how it works out? So we, we hired, a, we hired, a, we opened an office, we kind of rented a space and we bought a bunch of desks, we bought computers and we opened our office and recruited everybody through Facebook and whatever we could. 
wow, the talent here is amazing. People want opportunities. So maybe doing a map in Chicago or the States is something boring, but here it's a career. So people here are hungry to make those maps mm -hmm. like you. They make their maps like if they were Picasso. Because for them, it's, it's, it's a really important job. It's a career. So we decided to say, you know what? We should invest in this community. So we started kind of helping the, the local mm -hmm. schools. We went to the universities and said, hey, could you send us your, your smartest kids or your kids that you see have a more, uh, more of a technology kind of base? And they did. The school said, you know what? That's a great opportunity. They can learn, um, they can learn uh, different things in English. And it kind of became that, uh, uh, we call it a data collection center. But in that process, since our growth, we needed somebody, we needed a lot of people to answer our calls from snow because in a snowstorm, believe me, there's, we, we service about 1600 commercial sites, like big commercial sites. So you gotta think about it. At least half of them are gonna call you at one point in time to tell you, hey, your ETA or what, what's the plan for today? So we needed people to answer our phones but again, it was going to be too, it was going to be too, too pricey for us to do it in the states because I mean it's a big overhead to carry. So we kind of figured out how to do our back end work here in, in Mexico. So then we started talking to our about it, like our other contractor friends in the, in Chicago and a bunch of other states, and we kind of told them what we did, and they said, "Hey, could you help us too?" And we said, "You know what? Why not?" So we ended up helping them get their data, like do their takeoffs from here and also answer their phones. Wow. So, so do you assist competitors? You know, are, are some of the people potentially competitors to you? Or, I mean, like, are they in the yeah. area with you? Right. And well, hey, they're my customer. If they're a customer, they're a customer. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't, for me, competitors are just an opportunity to do work together. We could always figure out a way to help each other out. It's, there are competitors. I'm not going to say no, but Hey, if we could work together, better. It's easier to just kind of figure out how to how to collaborate instead of being into a I'm not gonna help my I'm not gonna help him grow his company. Oh, let's let's do it. Why not? That's our philosophy at, at the end of the day. Yeah, and they, they may even become a trade partner with you for snow removal, right? So our 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 philosophy is pretty simple. We wanna add a value to everybody, to our customer, mm -hmm. to our employees, to our community, to our vendor partners. And then also to our competitors. Why not? Let's help them. Let's help them. And some of them, they're going to get a little tricky. But at the end of the day, we all kind of work together somehow. Yeah, I love it. You know, and I, I've heard so many stories in the snow industry of people who have these good relationships with their competitors. I had I had one person tell me a story of how their uh, their trucks, their alternators were stolen. And so during a snow event, they weren't able to start their trucks and they were able to call somebody that they had a good relationship with that was technically a competitor that ended up bailing them out during that snow event. And that's not a, that's not a singular event that happens all the time. It does. Like I remember back probably 10 years ago when we were still trying to figure mm -hmm. out how to, how to grow and survive our company, we ended up salting properties with our friends' trucks. They'll let us borrow them at the end of the event and we'll kind of just work together. They let us borrow the trucks. They didn't even charge us for them. They just take them, bring them back when you're done oh, wow, that was, if they wouldn't help us, we would have never survived. So I feel like this is kind of a way that we could pay it forward and help people kind of keep on growing their businesses. Because we would not be here, I would not be talking to you here if it wasn't for all the people that helped us, all the other contractors that helped us grow our company. 
Right on. Well, Raphael, well, there's definitely a lot of ways to network with you, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you at iLandscape, <laughs> and that'll be a good show. Um, did you have any sales and marketing questions for me? Yes. I mean, I've been reading your book and hearing your podcast, and I've seen it's, 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 it's very concentrated on the people that a lot of design build, a lot of maintenance, a lot of maintenance in, in, in residential, some commercial. But there's companies like me out there that we focus 100% on commercial and, and, mm -hmm. and big box customers that we would love to, to kind of interact with you more on how do we attract those customers through marketing, digital marketing and stuff like that. Yeah, well, we, we at Ramblin' Jackson, we work with snow and landscape companies who do residential and commercial, but we're seeing that the, that the digital side of things is a key part for commercial sales, in particular online reviews. So a lot of people have a, the reason they're looking for a new commercial snow and landscape company is because their current company blew it. They're gonna be more cautious about who and how they hire somebody next time. So we're seeing a lot of the things that work on the residential side like reviews, having strong reviews is a key part of it. One of my commercial clients said that he, it got down to the wire. They got, I think, 10 companies to, to bid on this maintenance account. They, they got down to three that they were going to interview. And one of them, who was a referral, was totally eliminated from the final running because they had a three-star review average on Google, right? And so my client actually ended up winning that account. And he shared that they reviewed every page of his website. They read every review and they followed him on social media. So a lot of the things that you mentioned around, you know, Instagram and link, LinkedIn in particular for commercial, right? You can connect with any person that you're interacting with that's a client, you should connect with them on LinkedIn and you should be posting content um, from your personal LinkedIn because those people are gonna see it. And when your colleagues interact with it, on LinkedIn, it, it gets more visibility to the connections of the person commenting. So if you have a property manager who likes your little photo on LinkedIn, chances are they're connected with another property manager. And maybe they're buddies from um, a conference or a peer group or something. And in your case, four different states, right? You know, so, so interacting with your current clients on LinkedIn can get a lot of visibility. But at the end of the day, they're going to Google you, right? If they get a referral, they're going to Google you. And that's where your website, your reviews, your photos really need to be dialed in. Wow, that makes a lot of sense. I can really see it, how it works. Like, uh, you know what, I'm, I'm, we're hiring a big, let's say a big customer. And all they have to do is just look for a review online and it's going to be there. Some, some either negative or positive, if you have a review, there's going to be there. Yeah. And, and, you know, so you have your call center, you have your data collection people, um, right. You have them. So like one of them could own, um, a follow-up call that's like, Hey, Raphael, it's Larry from the Diaz group. We're just calling to make sure that we're meeting all of your expectations. How are things going? And if that call goes well, Hey, things are doing really, you're great. You guys are great. Hey, great. We, it would mean so much wow. to us. Could you do me a favor? Sure. Larry, I'll do you a favor. Um, could you write a review for us on Google? I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a link. Will you do that? Yeah. And if you call them and they say, hey, things are going poorly, well, great. Now we can maybe send that back to their account manager or whatever. 
you just got my gears turning in my mind. I'm like, wow, that's, wow, that's, I got to tell you, that's going to really work. I'm really excited about it. Well, good. Well, Rafael, it's been so much fun talking to you. Um, for people listening who want to connect with you and learn more about, you know, the Diaz group and also assist, you may be able to assist people. Um, how can we get in touch with you? Uh, you can reach out to me via email. My email is uh, Rafael, R-A-F-A-E-L, at Diaz, D-I-A-Z, group, G-R-U-P, L-L-C.com. I mean, that's the best way to do it. Send me an email. Also through LinkedIn. If you find me in LinkedIn, you could go to my page, Rafael Diaz, and just go send me a, a message through there or Instagram or Facebook. I'm really on, on social media most of the time too. So feel free to send me a message and I would love to, to interact with anybody and, and give them my peace of mind on, on what I have uh, kind of accomplished in this time. And I love to hear from other people too, some ideas. I mean, at the end of the day, like I said, I never, wow, you just gave me a million dollar idea right now with, with calling everybody <laughs> and asking for a view. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, my pleasure. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Well, thanks so much for listening. I really enjoyed that conversation. In particular, his mindset around competition and how he is helping the industry and helping his competitors grow and then working with them in different capacities. is It's just fascinating and interesting and much healthier than uh, the mindset of, well, there's there's only so much work to do and I have to take advantage of everybody, right? Some people really have an unhealthy focus on competition, whereas Raphael is building relationships with people and it's clearly paying off for him. Now on the topic of self-performing versus trade partners, I'm going to interview somebody with a vehemently opposing viewpoint on this show in the future. Um, so make sure that you subscribe to landscapersguide.com slash podcast so you don't miss out on that. I personally don't have a dog in the fight either way. I think different models can work for different people, but I, I want to invite people who disagree with some of my guests on the show so we can hear from them directly. So if you know anyone who might be an interesting guest, you can also suggest them to be on the show at landscapersguide.com. So with that, thank you again for listening. My name is Jack Justice, and I look forward to talking with you next week on The Landscaper's Guide.